Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Out of Bounds Podcast with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Subscribe and download wherever podcasts are found or visit 1037thebuzz.com. Welcome in Out of Bounds here on 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this great day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin in studio with you today. And thank you as always for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Joe. Happy St. Patrick's Day, and it's a day we look forward to every year. We love green, and we're representing with our green today. That's right. Now, I love green, and I kind of have that because of the professional teams that I most enjoy watching, which is the New York Jets and the Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. You don't really have a green team, even though you say your favorite color is green, correct? You're right, but what is my shirt? It's green. And what does it say? Pittsburgh. There you go. So okay, so you just had to make it work to where you could still wear green and it'd be acceptable by also giving a shout out to the city of your favorite football team. I had to merge the two. And this uh I bought this shirt when I went to a home game in Pittsburgh. I was able to uh, spot a green shirt of all things that had Pittsburgh on it. So I made sure I got it. Hey, I'm glad that you're being festive and that I'm being festive because uh, it looked like the rest of the guys on the buzz were being too festive today. Not a lot of green, but that's okay. I know a lot of things are going on in the world. It's kind of difficult to remember that St. Patrick's Day is tonight, but uh, or is, is today. But I don't think pinching is going to be really in style uh, as of right now with no. the coronavirus and, and all of that. Probably not something that people are going to be doing very much I of. think that's probably why they feel like they could get away with it. Nobody's going to get close enough to me to pinch me. And if they do, there's going to be problems. Have you ever been pinched because of St. Patrick's Day? No, I always wear green. Okay, (laughs) so you never have to worry about it. No. Yeah, I've never been pinched either. I don't really know anybody that has been pinched because most people probably wouldn't really react in the right way if what are we like pinched. 12 i mean if you're 12 you're probably getting pinched but other than that you're well, not yeah, but i mean come on this is the same group of people in a society joe you remember the little the hand game where you know you put your the forgot i forgot what it's called but it's basically you do the okay sign and you put it below your waist and if your buddy looks at it he looks at that your hand gesture you get to hit him I know, I don't remember that game. Never heard of it. Are you serious? Yeah. I thought that, that was pretty. That's popular. a millennial game. No, that's now that is true. That is true. But there's still millennial adults that still do it today, and it causes controversy as it is, as I found out. But either way, stupid stuff like that happens all the time, Joe. And people still do stupid stuff even when we're adults. There's just things like that that go on. But you know, it, it's funny because today. I honestly thought that we were going to come into this show and say, all right, this is when we're going to start kind of getting a lot more creative when it comes to non-sports related topics, which we'll have some of that going on today. I know we'll explain that as the show goes on. But luckily for all of the sports world, when it comes to hashtag content, we have something great to talk about today, something pretty groundbreaking today, where Tom Brady, Tommy Terrific, I think is one of the nicknames that he's gone along with. Either way, he has announced via social media, that he will not be returning to the New England Patriots. I was completely and totally wrong about this, Joe. I honestly thought that he would end up back in New England. I thought it was all smoke and mirrors. I thought it was all just a way to play it up and get the people interested and keep talking about it and spreading rumors and all that fun stuff. But I was wrong. He will not be going back to New England. Now teams like, for instance, the Chargers, the Buccaneers, even the Colts to a certain extent, 
lot of teams that are going to be interested in his services, but no matter what, it's going to be very strange in 2020 not seeing Tom Brady in a Patriots uniform. I think there are a lot of teams that are going to be interested in his services. Now, there are only a few teams that have a legit shot of getting him because I think that the Jets, your team, I think they would be interested. They were mentioned a couple of weeks ago. But if they have a realistic shot of getting him, I don't think so. They ain't now, going to the Jets. Now the Miami Dolphins, another team within the division, who Miami, they were one of the worst teams in the NFL this past season. But if you told me with the roster they had in place that they would have won five games, then I, I would have told you they were highly overachieving. That was a one-win team, zero-win team. Uh, if, if you just saw what they had on paper – and we knew that they probably would get a win somewhere along the way because it's hard to go winless in the NFL, but teams have done it before. But I think they overachieved, and then, of course, their coach has a relationship with Tom Brady, and they have a lot of building pieces coming in, and also maybe they could still draft a quarterback as well. Now, that's not the ideal situation for Tom Brady, but if you want to draft a guy that is on your roster – for the next three years or so to sit behind Tom Brady and learn what better player would you want to have on your roster for a guy to sit behind? Yeah, I mean, that would be the ideal situation for sure. And, in fact, just real quick, here's exactly what Tom Brady had to say via his uh, post not only on Twitter but on Instagram as well. He says, To all of my teammates, coaches, executives and staff, Coach Belichick, RKK, and the Kraft family and the entire organization. I want to say thank you for the past 20 years of my life and the daily commitment to winning and creating a winning culture built on great values. I am grateful for all that what you have taught me, and I have learned from everyone. You have allowed me to maximize my potential, and that is all a player can ever hope for. Everything we have accomplished brings me great joy, and the lessons I have learned will carry on with me forever. I couldn't be the man I am today without the relationships you have allowed me to build with you, and I have benefited from all of you and what you have given me. I cherish every opportunity to be a part of a team, and I love you all for that. Our team has always been a great standard in pro sports, and I will know that it will continue to do just that. Although my football journey will take place elsewhere, I'm appreciative of everything that we have achieved and am grateful for our incredible team accomplishments. I've been privileged to have the opportunity to know in each and every one of you and to have the memories that we've created together. So in a long little paragraph there, making sure that he shows his appreciation, he wants them to know that he is just that, very appreciative. But my, my question is, Joe, just in your thoughts, in your opinion, was this a Tom Brady issue or was this a Patriots issue of why he's not returning? Oh, it was a Patriots issue, no doubt. Okay. It was more of a Bill Belichick issue. Well, I guess my, because my follow-up question to that would be, because I don't disagree with you, but if it's a Patriots issue, was it because he was wanting too much money to return, or was it more of saying, hey, we feel like we can move on from you, maybe save some money in the long run, or maybe get a trade or somebody that will be better suited for us long term? I think it, it had to do with the long term. It didn't necessarily have to do with the money, but it had to do with the long term because Tom Brady, as we know, he's turning 43 this year. He's always said he wanted to play until he's 45. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that if uh, he got into a situation of a contract now and just say he signed a two-year deal with the Patriots, let's just say that for argument's sake. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago that how, who knows if next year or 
if uh, he gets to that second year of a contract, he says, you know what, I want to play for another couple of years. And then at that point, you think the Patriots would be in the same situation where they're looking to move on because you don't necessarily want to be in, in a position where you have to play it year by year and try to figure this thing out. You want to have some kind of security moving forward for the next few years or so. And Tom Brady, he's he's a guy that has the um, ability, if he's going out there and he's still playing at a high level, he's he's going to probably change his mind and say, all right, I want to play a couple more years. So now to avoid all that, then you, you say we'll go ahead and cut ties now. Good luck to you. We're going to move forward, do our thing, you do your thing. Would you put money on him making it back to a Super Bowl? Not winning you one, but would you make money on or bet would you bet money on him making it back to another Super Bowl with a different team? Because let's I, let's be honest about this, Joe, whatever team he chooses, you know is going to be stacked with weapons around him. Right. I mean, so we know that. Yeah. I would. So you you you'd have a good feeling that he would return to a Super Bowl. I would. Okay. I I put money on it um like you said, He's he's going to be careful about where he chooses to go and a place like Tampa that we've talked about that's been mentioned here quite a bit linked to him. Tampa has offensive weapons everywhere. The only place that, that they don't and may need to upgrade is the running back position, but you know if you land a guy like Tom Brady, you're going to get everything around him to make sure that team is successful moving forward. Yeah, because – when you think about players that were in this position, like I'm trying to think of back when you had free agents that were in this position where they were all-time great players. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was one of them, and it's because I'm specifically in NFL because everyone will say, well, LeBron James was kind of that way, uh, which uh, you know ended up working out for him. But yeah, just in specifically in football, Tom or Peyton Manning's the first one that comes to mind, and we remember what those sweepstakes were like. How you know people were on ESPN saying that there were all these different options for him to go to, and he had this relationship and friendship with this particular team, da 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 da, whatever it was. He ended up choosing Denver, and Denver was a team that had just gotten rid of Tim Tebow and Tebow Mania. Now I love me some Tim Tebow, but mm-hmm. we all know why that team that Tim Tebow was on made it to the playoffs and beat your Steelers. Yeah. It wasn't because of Tim Tebow. He played great at times, but it was he because— He played great in that game, he did, Yeah, that game was phenomenal. But it was mainly because they had a phenomenal defense, a great kicker in a lot of those games, too. Yeah. And they had some pieces around him in the receiving core as well. Like, they, they had those options. And so when Tebow left, Peyton Manning got inserted. What happened to Denver? Boom. Immediately a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Uh, they only won one. They played in two. They got smoked by Seattle that one year, which is still crazy to me. But either way, they got what they wanted. And so that's where I'm saying I think it's going to be the same exact scenario with Tom Brady, wherever he ends up, where it, it's he's going to go to a team that maybe made the playoffs this past year or at least was close to it, has so many options around them. I'll, I'll know if it's going to be that, though, because if you look at the Bucks and Chargers, neither one of them were close to the playoffs. Right, but – that's what I'm saying, though. But both of those teams, they'll have the weapons around them to where all they need is that quarterback. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm more referring to, is that they have talent. They, right. they, they, it's not. It's a loaded team. They just need that big time player under center. So I think it's going to be the same way where whatever team he ends up going to in the next two to three years, depending on how long he plays, we know that's going to be probably at least two. Mm-hmm. That they will play for a Super Bowl because 
He's not going to step into a situation where it's going to take a year or two to get him there. He's going to step into a situation. He's like, all right, we're going to contend and we're going to win right now. And you go above and beyond with Tom Brady. Uh, Peyton Manning was probably five years younger at this point. True. But he signed a five-year deal. But for Tom Brady, you're going to give him a three- to four-year deal. Maybe not five. You you don't want to necessarily go that far. But even if he only plans on playing another couple of years, you're going to compensate him to the point where you give him a three- or four-year deal just to get him through the door and say, we're going to build this thing, we're going to build it right, and you're here for however long you want to be. Yeah, and another thing, too, on that Peyton Manning deal, if you remember, Joe, he was coming off of a season-ending injury with the Colts. I mean, he was standing on the sidelines – just hanging out for the entire year of, for Indianapolis before he went to Denver. And so there were a lot of questions that people were legitimately asking before Peyton Manning made that jump, saying, is he, you know, he's kind of older, and what he had surgery on and the injury he dealt with, it's not always an easy one to overcome. So, you know, is somebody going to really want to take that large of a risk, not knowing if he's going to be 100%? Well, he proved him wrong. Tom Brady doesn't have that. He's not coming off of some major injury. The only thing that might be going against Tom Brady is time. And Tom Brady's time right now is still pretty dadgum good. He's not what he was in his prime. We all know that. But he's still really, really good. And he is the type of player that you would love to have to make an impact immediately if your team is just this close to taking that step towards a Super Bowl. I want to ask you, we were just talking about Peyton Manning. What do you think the most he made as a Bronco, and and it's actually the most he made – um, throughout his career in one season in particular, and I'm talking base salary, what do you think the most he made was? With the Denver Broncos? Yeah. Because he was there for three years, right? Four he years? was there for four. Four years. He signed a five-year deal. He played four. Four. Uh, I would figure his last year. It wasn't his last year, actually. Okay. But I'm saying, what what do you think that number was? Oh, the, the number itself. Salary. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. 30? Somewhere 18 in there. mil. See, that now, shows you how much I know about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That was and you're talking two thousand twelve, so that was a few years ago, but a little different circumstance. That, yeah, that next year he made fifteen mil, but he had ten mil in signing bonus, so he made twenty five altogether. But the highest base salary Peyton Manning ever had was eighteen mil. Hmm. And here we are talking about Dak Prescott and thirty three mil. It just shows how time and how the money goes up over time. But is it right that it's going up at the rapid rate that it is? Because, Joe, we've seen some quarterbacks in the NFL that probably, at least in my opinion, hasn't deserved that big-time money, yet they're getting it. I'm wondering if we're getting to a point in the NFL, though, where it's going to have to start scaling back because these franchises are going to get handcuffed so much by overpaying for these average to maybe a little above-average quarterbacks. I've even heard, and I want to say – Justin brought this up, but I know I heard somebody bring it up where teams have a salary cap, but how about you You say the quarterback is in a separate category. He doesn't count against your salary cap. You can pay him whatever you want to. You can pay him, like, say, Patrick Mahomes, for example. Pay him 50 mil plus a year. That doesn't count against your salary cap, and then the rest of your team, you build them, and that's your salary cap. I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing that scenario because if you do have a legit guy that's at the top of the game, you pay him like that, and then everybody else falls into place, and it doesn't. it's not a situation where 
everybody's looking and saying, well, this is the going rate for quarterbacks. If you take the quarterback out and he's against the salary cap, then you'll have guys like Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson here in a few years that deserve that top dollar, but everybody else doesn't fall into place right behind them. And you say, well, this is what they're getting and this is what I deserve. No, just because they're getting that, they're at the top. And that's what they're getting, and that's the top of what everybody's making. You fall under that, and this is what we think your mar- your value is, and it's not the market value because it's not counting against the salary cap. Yeah, because I've always been someone who was not a big fan of paying for potential. And, and I know that's just the way it is now and, and, and has been for a while, and especially in all professional sports. But I've always felt like you should pay somebody when they accomplish the success compared to where they put, could potentially accomplish that success. For instance, Patrick Mahomes should get paid out the wazoo right now. Because why? He went and won a Super Bowl. He's been consistent. He's been that guy year in and year out. Boom. He deserves that. But then there's times where I've seen, and we could end up seeing, where quarterbacks get paid big-time money, but either A, they have not made it to that pinnacle to the Super Bowl just yet, or B, they've only had one, maybe two seasons of high-level success, so you jump the gun. Because uh, we've seen that happen. Like, for instance, Lamar Jackson. I think he's a phenomenal player, but can he do this again next year and the year after that compared to what the year he had this past year? I don't know. I'm not saying you can't pay the guy, but I've always just felt like I like my players to get paid that big money when they get to that level first. Because it, it just seems like a lot of times when the guys get paid before they've made it, is usually when things go sour. Yeah. And so, but I understand that that's just the way that sports leagues are, especially professional. You got sports agents that, because here's the thing, Joe, if I mention Lamar Jackson, the Ravens said, well, we don't want to pay you just yet because you haven't gotten us to that level yet. Then Lamar Jackson, his agent, going to say, okay, well, uh, this team over here is going to pay me for it, so see you later. So, you know, it's always a game and a guessing game that you have to do. But that's why it's like guys like Dak Prescott, guys like, uh, Lamar Jackson, all those quarterbacks, I think they're fantastic, and I think that they deserve to get paid, but these big-time contracts, the guy, because I like my big-time box office money to be for the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Patrick Mahomes, those guys who have gotten to that level already, but well, I just don't think that's ever going to change. Let's look at the other side of it. Now, we know that even if a guy, it's it's always a guessing game because even if a guy makes it to that level and they have achieved that ultimate success, I'll throw an example out to you, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco went on an amazing run throughout the playoffs, won the Super Bowl. He got paid, and since then his production has gone down. And, see, to me, that was an exception to that rule because it wasn't because of Joe Flacco that they got to that point. He was fine. But you could tell that team was not as good as what they were because of Joe Flacco. That was not why they were great. They had the phenomenal defense. They and I'm not saying anything against him because he still was the quarterback. Like I'd say the same thing about the Denver Broncos when they won with Peyton Manning. That that team was not that great because of Peyton Manning. Right. It was because of the defense and the, the surrounding things that he had. He just didn't screw it up. So I looked at that as a bad move on the Ravens' part. Well, could you have justified at that point and said, "All right, congratulations, you done you you did great things for us and." We appreciate you, but we're going to let you go ahead and go out there. You're a free agent, and you just go. We know you're going to get paid, but you're, you're going to have to get paid elsewhere. We're, we're not going to. Could you, could you justify that as 
a front office exec coming off a Super Bowl year, could you justify that? No. There I, would have been an uproar if they didn't pay that guy. I know, but to, to pay him as much as they did, though, where he was, because well, if I'm wrong, he was like the highest paid quarterback at that time when he signed that contract. That's my thing. I'm not saying don't pay him, but to make him the number one highest paid quarterback ever. Just won the Super Bowl. I But but it wasn't because of him, though. That's my thing. It's like, you know, when Peyton Manning won it or when Tom Brady won it or when Aaron Rodgers won it, like when those guys won it, when Patrick Mahomes won it, like, Joe, you, I mean, we're football guys. We're football fans. We can tell. We can tell the Chiefs would not be anywhere near they were if they didn't have Patrick Mahomes. But I can tell you that there's other teams out there that had Super Bowl. Like, imagine Trent Dilfer getting the highest paid quarterback in the, in the country. Because he won it with the Ravens back then. It's just, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't seem right. Brad Johnson. Yeah, Brad Johnson. Wow, gross. If Rex Grossman would have won it that year with the Bears. I mean, it just, so now, I think there's exceptions to the rule. I'll have to say that Flacco is better than all those guys that he we is. Named. He is, but he wasn't the highest paid quarterback good. He, he wasn't that good. He wasn't that much better than that. I don't know if many guys are. Hey, um, but I don't hate him for it. There's, there's talk that Dak may get that contract, and I don't know if he's, the highest paid quarterback shouldn't be, but it's once again market value. Oh, I know it is. I know it is. But I will say this about Dak. He's shown consistency. And at least with that high level of consistency, he deserves to get paid big. At least that's my thoughts and opinion. We got more on Trigger Tuesday on Out of Bounds coming up next. You're listening to the Out of Bounds Podcast with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Follow the show on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors and at 1037TheBuzz. I'm angry. I'm, I'm spitting angry. I'm like a tornado of anger swirling about. My heart rate is dangerously high right now. Triggered Tuesday, where you let everyone know what's offended you in the world of sports on Out of Bounds. All right, Joe. Now, this is going to be an interesting time for this because, as we know, sports have kind of taken a halt in, in a lot of ways. So what I thought about doing, and see if you can follow me on this, is as you know, there are certain sports teams, sports fans, sports figures that trigger me on pretty much a daily basis. And as we just mentioned earlier, some of them are Cardinals fans, baseball fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, you always ask me why. Why I don't like particular fan bases or particular people or whatnot. So what I'm going to do for this is I'm going to explain to you why, and just in a very quick summary of why I hate the teams I hate and why I hate the players that I hate. Okay. All right? Just so I I won't take too long, but this way we can cover all the bases so if people keep asking me, uh, saying, "Why why do you hate this person? Why do you hate this team? Here's the reasons why. We'll start with the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't hate the organization. I don't hate any of the players. I don't hate any of the managers that have come through there. I simply do not like the fans. You know why I don't like the fans, Joe? Because they're obnoxious. That, but they are. It's easy to say they're obnoxious, but more specifically, it's because they do everything in quote the cardinal way, where it's the right way, it's the best way. It's in fact, if somebody else wins in a different way, it's not to the level and not to the greatness that is the way the Cardinals would have won it. Not only that. But I do not like, in any capacity, anybody self-proclaiming themselves as the best fans in baseball. Or the best fans, period. There's no such thing in any sport as saying you're the best fans. You know why? 
because there are good fans and there are awful fans, no matter the team, no matter the sport. Look at the Razorbacks, folks. I think the Razorbacks, you could say, yeah, they're pretty good fans. But you know what? There's some bad fans, too. Some really bad fans. And there's some great fans, too. There's some great fans. So that's one of the reasons why I don't like the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't like Ole Miss baseball because of, I mean, just it summed it up when they saw that video of them celebrating like crazy after uh, winning a, a game in February against Louisville. It was a nice matchup, but when you start spiking baseballs and start doing backflips and acting like you've never won a game before in your life, that's the reaction I'm going to give to you. So I'm just throwing that out there. So, uh, But, yeah, that's that's the reason why I don't like them. I don't like Kentucky basketball. That one should be pretty obvious. Everything about them I just do not like. I do not like how the fact that they think that they are the mecca of college basketball, how they feel all the players come to Kentucky, all the great players come to Kentucky because they just want to be there at Kentucky. It's not because they get paid. Everybody else is paying players. Duke's playing players, players. Kansas is paying players. North Carolina's paying players. You know who's not? Kentucky. Because they want to come here because it's the mecca of college basketball. They want to get to the NBA. Give me a break. They can go to the NBA <laughs> through Kansas, through Duke, through North Carolina. Oh, yeah, through all those teams. They can go to, I mean, they can go to Baylor. They can go to Texas. They Arkansas. can go to, they can go to Arkansas. They can go to Michigan. They can go if you're good enough to go pro, you're going to go pro, folks. But they have this this whole blanket ideology of the saying, no, 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 no. The only way you can come to and get or get drafted in the NBA is by coming to Kentucky. And that's why I love every year, every year, Joe, when the number one overall pick in the NBA draft is not from Kentucky, I tweet out, I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't think you could get drafted into the NBA unless you went to Kentucky. So Oh, their their fans don't like it. Their fans would trade some of those great players that have come in. They would trade those guys staying a little longer mm-hmm. and then actually winning championships as opposed to getting the next batch of great players every year. Yeah. They would trade that. Yeah, because to me that's that's messed up how a, a program like Kentucky, as, as historic as it is, with the amount of talent they've had over the past 12 years of only won one title. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. But, Joe, there has been at least – three seasons where they had far and away the most talented team top to bottom, left to right in the league and in a lot of cases they didn't even play for the title game. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying as a Kentucky fan at what point does that get bothersome to you when you continue to have all these draft picks, all these high level guys, yet you have nothing, you have no banners to hang up in there. Oh, I think it bothers them. Like I said, they would trade some of those guys staying around a little longer mm-hmm. and winning titles as opposed to the next batch of great players. They yeah. would trade that yeah. all day. Yeah, so those are the main ones I have, Joe. Those are the main complaints that I have. So I wanted to throw that out there for you. But that's that's where I'm at with that. So I'll let you go ahead and get into what is triggering you today. Well, what triggers me is you see all these moves in the NFL and all these players that can be great and have been great changing teams – and once again, the Steelers, my team, uh-huh. don't have any cap space. Now, they're not big on going out and, and getting free agents. They get some here and there. They like to concentrate on their core group of guys, and that's where a lot of their money goes to. But at the same time, they never have any cap space, and that's year in and year out. Now, this was supposed to be the year where Antonio Brown came off their books, which he is, and they had 20 mil committed to him last year where he was not even on their roster and was barely on an NFL roster throughout the season. They had 20 mil committed to him on their books. This year that comes off, 
and they still don't have any cap space. I don't understand how it works where every year they don't have any cap space. I can understand wanting to concentrate on your own players and keep that money in-house, but how do you not have any cap space every year? Doesn't make sense. To me, if you don't have cap space every year, you better be winning championships. Like, because I mean, if you are spending that much money to where you're, you never have it, you better have something to show for it. Right. So that's what, and so is, is that's the situation the Steelers find themselves in? That, that is. That's what triggers me is that they never have any cap space. And um, I'm going to see how it breaks down. Of course, we know that Ben makes a lot of money and then. They have a lot of money into their offensive line, defensive line. Just had an offensive lineman and Ramon Foster retire, so that's going to bring some money up, take some money off the books. But And and they just lost one of their defensive linemen that they mm-hmm. were going to have to pay. They knew that he was going to get paid, so it was better that he got paid elsewhere because they couldn't afford mm-hmm. him because, once again, they don't have the cap space to afford him. And I just don't understand how they don't have the cap space. Mm. Well, <laughs> I mean that's your that's your team that you follow. So if you don't know it, then I sure don't know it. But it, that does seem a little odd, though. That it seems like a yearly thing for them every year. Hmm. Never any cap space. So their highest paid players right now, Ben Roethlisberger, and then Bud Dupree is a guy that they just put the franchise tag on. Bud Dupree. That's their two highest paid players. Now, as I mentioned, they have a lot of money into the offensive line and defensive line. Stephon Tuitt, he makes nine mil a year, but his cap hit is much more. His cap hit is fourteen, fifteen mil. You might as well say fifteen. Fourteen point nine. Another offensive lineman, David DeCastro, he's right at thirteen and a half. Cam Hayward, defensive lineman, thirteen. So, all their money is within those two lines but still you would think that they would have enough money to go around and then we know that the cap goes up about 10 mil every year so it just puzzles me every Mm -hmm. year yeah never have any cap space yeah by the way real quick joe take this for what it's worth this is coming from fox sports radio colin cowherd which we all know who colin cowherd is Mm -hmm. he just said on his show that he was told 35 minutes ago that tom brady signs tomorrow with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they are reporting that that is what uh, the decision has been made. The decision was apparently made uh, when yesterday when he told, or the decision was made yesterday. He used today to tell the Patriots he will not be back. And then tomorrow is when he will be officially signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is according to Colin Cowherd. So take that for what you will, but at least it's some sort of credible source. Yeah, he's not pulling that out of thin air anywhere. He's... He's getting a credible source for him to go on and say that. He has a credible source. And um, the weapons in Tampa, they need to get a running back to go ahead. And, and and Brady likes those running backs that can catch the ball coming out of the backfield. So they need to get a running back that's capable of doing that. But also, um, they bolstered their defense just a bit, but they just lost one of their best defensive players in Shaquille Barrett. Yeah, Shaq Barrett just left. Yeah, I mean, I I think it, at this point, if he doesn't sign with Tampa Bay, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's going to be strange seeing him in a Tampa Bay jersey. It's like going to be strange seeing him in any jersey right, other than the Patriots. But Tampa Bay, especially because it's like nothing against Tampa Bay, but you know, at least with the Chargers, you're in LA. 
You know, it's kind of got the draw of the of the big market. New there. stadium. You came from Boston. You know, it, it, it's got that draw to it. But Tampa Bay. All right. He can throw thirty touchdowns and maybe half the interceptions that Jameis Winston threw. <laughs> True. I think they'd be really good. No, I think it'd be a good move for him, but doesn't mean I have to get used to it. But I'm fine with it. Corey and BK, we see you. Hang with us. Yes. We'll get to you on the other yes, side of the break. Exactly, because we got more Trigger Tuesday to talk about more on Out of Bounds coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to the Out of Bounds podcast with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Follow the show on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors and at 1037TheBuzz. Thank you. 
something we discussed yesterday, too, was the fact that the NCAA tournament committee, they did not put out any sort of bracket for the field of 68. Some people were saying that that would have been a nice little gesture to at least show the teams that were out there and earned it a nice little capper to what was otherwise a disappointing event with the coronavirus. Do you feel like they should have put out at least something and let everybody know, maybe not even see anyone, but just let even know which teams they would have been limited to? Stand. 
Thanks for listening to the Out of Bounds Podcast with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found and be sure to visit 1037thebuzz.com for all things buzz.